when I did coaching calls, this shit would affect people. And I'd be like, where did you hear this from? Like, who told you? Like, well, you know, you, you read in forums, people say just do it. And I, I stopped talking like that when I realized saying shit like that didn't encourage people. It actually froze them and stopped them because they felt like, oh, if I don't just get out and get it and meet this level of standard, then I've already failed. So they just like, don't do anything. Welcome to the Slow and Fast Podcast, where we slow down and break down ideas and techniques to help speed up your creative journey. I'm Stephen Ward, and I'm joined by my amazing co-host, John Masio. How you doing, John? Doing fabulous, fantastic. It is Hispanic Heritage Month. I just found out, and um, me and my family had no idea that that was a thing. So, uh, you know, now we're trying to figure out how we're supposed to celebrate our own heritage, which mm. is fantastic. So, uh we have no days off, um, mm -hmm. but we have a month. So yeah, awesome. Yeah, I have. It was so funny. We, I was like, "Yo, how do we celebrate <laughs> this?" They were like, "I we didn't even know this is a thing." I was like, "Okay, cool." So we're all on the same page. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm pretty stoked for this episode because this episode, I like. I don't like controversy, but I like talking about things and putting a like flipping its head on itself because people believe one thing to be one way, but then it's like, well, actually it's not always that one way. And I don't feel there's many podcasts in the like entrepreneur or self-help space that are okay with, Hey, this thing that we've all heard, it's actually like nonsense in this regard mm -hmm. and think about that way. So when I pitched the idea of having a episode where we talk about the cautionary tale of self-help and it's eventual lead to procrastination within creatives and uh, neurodivergent types and people with ADHD. Cause I know your the way you operate is very different from how I operate. Mm -hmm. And we're still, we're still able to f like mesh. Um, and I have my own, you know, viewpoint when it comes to self-help. I do, I do believe in self-help as I believe you do as well. Mm -hmm. But I do think there is um, something to be said about taking all that self-help with kind of a grain of salt because mm -hmm. it's like, it's so, it's kind of like hustle culture is like wake up and grind. And only so many people can do that for so long until you eventually burn out, which is what happened to us. Right. Yeah. But with self-help, I feel it's like you watch a video and it's like, here are the five things you need to do to like be the best version of yourself. And you watch them and you're just like, yeah, I can't do any of those. Like my personality <laughs> hates all of that. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, okay. You're on this kick, um, to waking up at 5am again. Right. Yes. Yeah. You tell me that. And I'm just like, okay, I know that's what self-help millionaire gurus and all those people they are all like, wake up before, right. If I wake up before the sun, I beat the sun up. I'm going to beat the whole world. And I, I'm just like, yeah, no, man, I honestly couldn't give a shit less about waking up before the sun. I, if I could wake up at nine, I would be so happy, but my dog makes me wake up at like five 30 to six. So I'm part of that club. Not because I want to be, but because yeah. I have a responsibility to an, a living creature. And like you, you were speaking about how you're trying to get back into it. And I was just like, why? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess, I guess it's, it depends on your, your motivations, right? Like, uh, with these sort of, you know, wake up before the sun's up, you know, if somebody else is, uh, was it Jocko, I think did a interview where he's like somewhere out there in cave somewhere, some dude's preparing for war. 
I gotta mm-hmm. get up before him so I could prepare even more. And it's like, and, and I'm like paraphrasing, but like it was, it was that level of like kind of dramaticism. And it, no, that's fine. You're a Navy SEAL, ex Navy SEAL. Like you've you've been to war. Yeah. Like, yeah, got it, got it. Check. But like for me, I wake up at five because I want enough time before, like in between when I wake up and when I sit down at my desk to work, that I get like certain things done for myself. And it's not mm-hmm. at all in to do with any sort of competition with other people. And, and I guess yeah. that's sort of the idea of today is like the self-help like tropes yeah. and, and where people kind of go wrong with them. I think it's like self-help makes you want it, it, it like empowers you to see the potential of what you could be. Right. Mm-hmm. With, but it doesn't allow the individual to embrace who they are and find their own path to what they ideally can be on their own rights and merit. And that's my biggest problem with civil. Cause as I was going on my journey in uh, 2021, I, I got a bunch of self-help books just cause I was like curious, like how can I better myself and get out of this burnout and what are, what are things I'm not doing? And there are so much garbage information where I like, I'm old enough to read it and be like, yeah, that's not going to work for me. Cause I, my, I don't operate that way. Um, yeah, I don't, I can't do that. Nope. This, and a lot of it kind of makes it feel like this idealistic person you have to be to achieve all these things and maybe be the best version of yourself possible. And I'm just like, yeah, no, like, I think this is why a lot of creatives and people just people in general, like they listen and consume self-help because it's a very profitable industry. But there are so many, like the 5 a.m. club thing. I'm just like, yo, shut up about making people wake up at 5 a.m. so they can like <laughs> prepare and do. I'm like, wake up when you want to wake up. Wake up when you're ready to wake up. Get the rest that you need. Don't feel this pressure to like be part of the 5 to 6 a.m. to wake up and like read 30 minutes every single day. I wake up. I like to invest in myself by reading if I can. I'm not hard on myself. If I don't read, I don't read. But if I can, I'll read. Some days I just need to lay in bed because I'm like, look, I don't have an I'm up, but I'm not up up. And if I don't lay down for another 30 minutes to an hour, I'm going to just like feel sick the rest of the day from not having enough rest. Like I already know mm-hmm. my body's limits and I can feel it. And you know, working out and I can feel in my body. I'm like, okay, I was going to do an hour workout today, but I can just tell right now that I've got 30 minutes in me. So which 30 minute exercise is give me the most burn, but I'm not like, Oh, I'm not being the best version of myself. And so many people adhere to like that type of advice. And when they don't make the mark, they just like, it's like they freeze. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about so- like, did you, I don't think you do that as much anymore, but in the past, would you feel like that? If like you weren't meeting the mark? Yeah, I think uh, I think some of it comes from like not hitting the mark or feeling like things are too too nebulous. Like I know if uh, if you read a self help book and things aren't really laid out in a way that's actionable or like easy to follow, like it can feel just too nebulous. Like the the you know just go out and get it, get it done, you know do do the damn thing, and then it's like okay, well what does that mean? <laughs> like what? So then you're you're sit you're sitting there thinking like okay well then how how do I do this what's what's step one what's my end goal what's the middle stage and then that mm-hmm. ends up kind of like paralyzing especially like like it you know it, it kind of makes me just go like well my mind is checked out because I can't think of like too many things at once so I'm gonna go watch a video yeah you know, or or play yeah. a video game or something like that yeah and I 
it's like with self-help, it almost feels like the end goal is to be this like perfect version of yourself with mm -hmm. it. Like by the end of this book, I promise you, you will be the best version that you've ever thought that you could be of yourself and adhere to the needs of yourself and your loved ones. So you read that book and then it's offering this transformational experience and you read it and you're like, well, I can own like only five of these things I resonated with the other things I just don't want to do. Mm -hmm. And at that point it's, you know, you're, you've read this, this book and you wasted your time and you're just like, man, like, I don't even know like when, when, okay. I know what the ideal goal is, but when do I reach that goal? There's no time frame in self-development. Like mm -hmm. it's a constant. It's right. never, it's accepting that you're constantly evolving and changing and growing and that there's no end point. These are just like principles or guides or things you can take with you that works for you. But it's like when you read a self-help book, it's like, this is the formula. There's no cautionary, like, this is the formula that worked for me. It's always like, this is the formula for successful people. This is what the successful people do. Mm -hmm. And then as a creative, you reach it like this and you're just like, well, this just makes me feel like I'm too far behind and I'll never get ahead. Right. And I, you know, I, when I did coaching calls, this shit would affect people. And I'd be like, where did you hear this from? Like, who told you? Like, well, you know, you, you read in forums, people say just do it. And I stopped talking like that when I realized the opposite was it, saying shit like that didn't encourage people. It actually froze them and stopped them because they felt like, oh, if I don't just get out and get it and meet this level of standard, then I've already failed. So they just like, don't do anything. And I, that, I, I was like, oh shit, I need to shut up with this type of advice. Yeah, because ultimately it's discouraging because it's setting up a goalpost that is like it's it's setting the bar extremely high. And the thing yeah. is, like a, a lot of like in in the self help world, nuance has to be really kind of uh, kind of played down a little bit in order for self help to be punchy and effective. You know, because mm. self help wouldn't be punchy and effective if it wasn't motivating, right? So, you know, I um. Actually, Courtney and I were just talking about this book called The War of Art uh, by Stephen Pressfield. And it's, mm. it's, it's an awesome book. Like, I really like the book because it's, it's like a kick in the ass for motivation whenever you need it. Because it, it, it calls people out on shit that, they, that a lot of people do to either procrastinate or not do the work that they are intended to do. Um, and, you know, she had these like problems. She's like, I don't I don't know if I would agree with this part or that part. She was talking about some of the sections. And I'm like, well, yeah, it's because, you know, his book is like, I don't know, 70 or 80 pages long. It's like a super short book. And I'm like, well, yeah, like he can't really go into the nuance of every single point and have it still be as effective of a book. Like, mm -hmm. like, of course, like you have to do these things, but you also have to do this other stuff. And he probably would like you know he he probably would exceed that that point but you know just to keep it quick punchy to the point it's going to kind of like wash down like you know uh, uh concentrate the message into something that's like single or two pages long mhm mm and the the fact that she recognized like oh i don't know about these two or three things she's it's like expressing some sort of level of i feel kind of stuck if this is the framework I don't agree with two steps in the framework. What am I supposed to do now? Like I've ultimately yeah. failed in mm -hmm. and it's, you know, you're, you're stopped dead in your tracks without even realizing that that's 
those nuances are important, I feel. And mm-hmm. I understand, like, you can't 100% give it all, like, let people know this may or may not work for you. Because people are ultimately buying self-help because there's a void and they need some sort of direction. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to better themselves. And it does take a level of reading so many of these damn self-help books. Like, I'll read some every once in a while or listen to some just because, like, I'm curious but after a while, you're like, oh, they all say the same thing, just in different ways at this point. Like, yep. it's it, it comes down to, I think the best book on self-help and just life in general, it sums up every self-help book, but in the best way possible is literally James Clear's Atomic Habits. Like when I read that mm-hmm. book, I was like, this is the best, I can see why everyone refers to it. It's the, the, the easiest, simplest, and best self-help book anyone can ever read. And it doesn't go into it, it and it tells you it's, it, it's not overly aggressive in well, I think, you need to do this and that. It's 1%. Yeah, yeah it, it is. And, and I think also it's not self-aggrandizing too. Like he really doesn't bring himself or his story into it. And and I think that's mm-hmm. like to, to the strength of the book because the thing is anecdotal uh, evidence of like your strategies working out really aren't going to help out a whole lot of people. You know, because it's like, oh, well, you know what? I got a client doing photography, so I decided to go and to do this and da 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 da. And it's like, okay, well, that's not what I'm supposed to do, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I get if you, you know, you're pulling stories from your past to, to make an example of like a, a principle or a rule. But like, if you just lay down your story as like, well, I did this and then I did this and well, I figured out this at that point, and then I went into that and I made a million dollars. And it's like, uh, cool. Like that, that to me is almost like charlatanism because you're, you're touting your own personal experience as a surefire way to success. Like, mm-hmm. and, and, and I, I don't know if I've mentioned this on, on the podcast before, but like the, um, there's the master class with Ninja and that, oh yeah that, yeah, yeah. that legit upsets me that like, the, uh, there was a lot of people upset by that, uh, on Twitter and YouTube. Yeah, about that program, and they're like, "Yeah, this was like a worthless program." And granted, like as successful as Ninja Ninja has been in his career, he's made some bad mistakes too. And like, he was lucky to have a community that, you know, let's just call it what it is. His deal with Microsoft didn't work out how he thought it was going to work out, and luckily, his fan base and community cared about him enough that they're just going to follow him anywhere. Yeah, you know. That is an outlier. That isn't yeah. the rule, right? Yeah. And it's like for someone to go and teach a master class, it's like, what about um, the failures that you had, like to give you this information? And yeah. twitching, tw- like streaming content creation is so personality based. Like mm-hmm. you can learn the skills, like you can learn the technical skills of recording music, making video, doing content. But then there's the, the the character networking aspect of your personality, right? So for being an audio engineer or, record, or someone who makes records, if your personality sucks, the band's not coming back and they're not going to boast about the experience. You might be the most proficient, best engineer making the best sonic sounding records, but if your personality sucks, that band's not coming back because ultimately they're they're paying for an experience because that experience ends up on the record. Like mm-hmm. every record is the sound of what the band is going through in that room. And it's it's super interesting to like be in that type of environment. And like when a band comes back, you're like, okay, we're here for round two. But mm-hmm. if they don't come back, you're like, well, was it something wrong with the environment? And it could be just the band wants to go to something else. But 
your your personality has a lot to play into that. It has a lot to do with with streaming. There are so many streamers, so many YouTubers, so many content creators. And granted, with work you could get there, but to do like a mm-hmm. one hour, two hour masterclass course on like how to be a streamer, yep. it's like, yeah, no, that's a cash grab. Let's just call it what it is. Well, and, and, and imagine, imagine taking taking your analogy of the band and the engineer. Imagine that you're band goes to this engineer and they think okay cool we go to this guy he's a professional and then they have a shit experience their Mm -hmm. stuff sounds awful out the gate because the guy's not engineering incorrect the mix comes back and it's absolute garbage and then that starts to get them in the spiral of like wait are we actually just not good enough like Mm -hmm. are we not like are we not any good at all is this is this what our talents amount to like that could be devastating and you just you're not motivated. You just yep. stop. And that's when the procrastination hits in because you, you have the uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And it takes a lot for some, for individuals to not let that stop them, to mm-hmm. not let that be the thing that deters them. And, you know, I mean, everyone, everyone always catches you when you're riding to the top, right? So when success starts happening, people all of a sudden are like paying attention to you and they're like, oh, and you feel sort of a level of confidence and like, oh, okay, like we're succeeding now. So it's fun. But mm-hmm. until you get to that point, everything is like, you want to surround yourself with the best information and the best resources for support. Because if not, you just, you stop because you're like, I don't know if this is going to work out or not. And it takes yeah. a weird, indi- a weird individual to be like, yeah, I don't know if this is going to work out or not, but I'm going to keep chugging along. Like us doing content at all is, mm-hmm. you know, it's taking years for our programming to change to where it's like, yeah, it's going to eventually work out. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like we're aware enough to know it's not going to work out right now, but eventually, you know, as long as we stay consistent by the law of averages and whatnot, it should work out as long as we just show up, like as long as we don't give up. And I always, I, <laughs> a couple of years back, I was like, look, man, if Abraham Lincoln can run for president as many times as he did and finally do it, I can do it too. Like I just have that mindset mm-hmm. of like, how many times, how many no's do you need until they finally turn to a yes? I'm like, by like the way the universe works, maybe you get a couple hundred thousand no's, but one day you're going to get a million yeses. So you just mm-hmm. need that one yes. And then that, and, and you show up and then that quantifies, right. And mm-hmm. multiplies. But yeah, man, like the masterclass stuff, I even feel that way now with like in the audio world with, drum samples, IRs, mm. and like signature plugins. I am so <laughs> fucking over so much of that shit because it's just not helpful. Like mm-hmm. there are some that are good, but there's some that I'm just like, this only works for this one style or one type of thing. Oh yeah. And it's frustrating when people are like, oh, I bought this thing, but I do this type of music and it's not working. It's like, well, yeah, it wasn't made for that type of music. You just bought it because you idolize the individual space on it basically. But there are so many nuances to everything that it's like, it doesn't ultimately help. Cause I've seen it firsthand when I've coached people in their mixing and I would see what they were using. I'm like, why are you using this? Oh, cause so-and-so used this. And I'm like, yeah, but you, you're not them. You don't know how to mix like them. Like you have to find your voice and style and then find the right tools for that. Mm-hmm. And it's not sexy and it's going to take a little bit longer but the world already has, you know, a CLA. It doesn't need another one. So, 
and I kind of, you know, to me that, that stuff in self-help is all the same because essentially it's supposed to be like, this is the way, this is the thing that I do that makes me sound great. And I, I always like to joke with friends. I maybe I've said this joke to you, Stephen, where I'm like, I love when like professional people try to sell you a product with their face on it. And then you never see them on social or anything using their own product mm-hmm. and they're trying to sell it to you. And like with self-help, I'm always like, yeah, you say all these things in your book, but the, here's the thing you're leaving out. You probably have an assistant, a virtual assistant, um, a couple of editors, a social media manager. Like there, there are things you are excusing from the narrative. So someone reads this and they think, oh, this is all I have to do. And it's like, yeah, but someone else is monitoring your calendar. Someone else is going to the grocery store. Someone else is doing a lot of other things. Cause it's like, mm -hmm. how, how many have you read where it's like, you do this from this time, this time, this time, like they give you a, a chart of how to block out time and you're just like, okay, so like when, when do I like, okay, so if I have like the shits, what do I do then? Like <laughs> where, where is all this stuff get accounted for? And you're just like, where, where's I, 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 I can't do this because it's not accounted for in my, in my chart. And you're just like stuck and you're like, why did I get this book? Now this book is like ruined me for life. Uh well, dude, I bought uh, on on Audible. I got David Goggins' uh, "Can't Hurt Me," and mm -hmm. and and I I like I like David Goggins a lot. I think he I think he's doing great work. I think he's an interesting character. But his his level of extremism with like when it comes to physicality is just insane. And to anybody who would like read that book and go like, oh, I can't do four thousand pull ups in twenty four hours. Mm. You know, it's, or, it's, or like a hundred sit-ups or a hundred push-ups every day. Yeah. It's, it's just like, okay, well, like, I, I think that's ultimately where we're kind of like going to is like all these things, even like even our podcast, like take everything we say, uh, like about our stories and experiences with a grain of salt and really try and interpret what's going to be useful subjectively for you. Like, mm -hmm. like. You know, I tell like I, I tell people my my story about you know losing my job with the the, the guitar shop and going into audio full time and replacing my my income from the the guitar shop in like six months. You know, uh, yeah. I, I tell people that story and they go, "Oh yeah," and I'm like, "No no 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 no, don't do that. Don't <laughs> don't do that." Like I lucked out. Like I I worked hard, yes, and I got a lot of really good people backing me up, but I lucked out. And I know it yeah, could have broken gambled. just as easily. Yeah, I gambled and I won. And it could have just yeah. as easily, if not more so, gone the opposite to opposite way. Yeah, for everyone who gambles and the one that gets it, there's always another 30 or 50 that didn't, if not even more. Yeah. Um because, yeah, I do the same thing. I'm when I would do coaching calls, I would always people would be like, Oh, I just want to have like my story to be like your story or someone else that I knew. And I'm like, you don't want to repeat anyone else's story because it's unique to the individual. And mm -hmm. if you try to model someone else's success hundred percent, you're going to fail. What you should do is find out what they did that didn't work or find out what didn't work for them and make sure you don't do that. Also, mm -hmm. I was like, but don't model their success more. So look at their failures. Cause when I, when I'm, like with YouTube and all the stuff I got planned, I look at the people doing what I want to do and I model what they're doing, but I pay very close attention to the things that they did that they failed at to make sure that I don't repeat their same mistakes. And the, the more you study successful people, there's very little variances in how successful people conduct themselves when it comes to a business. 
but they'll never write that in a self-help book. Like you have, that's like extra homework you have to do for yourself to like listen and see what they're saying and then read between the lines and then see what they're actually doing and then find out who influenced them, go read those books, find the similarities in their actions to what those books were saying, read another book, find other similarities to what they're doing. Cause like, they're not following everything hundred percent from all their influences. They're only taking the things that work for them and applying them and you figuring out, okay, well that worked for them, but that's not going to work for me. But this thing, this person said will work for me. So I'm going to take that Mm -hmm. instead of being stuck in like, Oh, I can't, I don't know what to do. It's like knowing yourself enough to know what is actually going to, to work. Like self-help is there to help you, but it's not there to be the law of how you, guide yourself through life and conduct yourself. Self-help is like a a la carte buffet. Like you don't have to get everything from the buffet. You just take those things that are going to work for you, you know? Yeah, that's a great analogy. (laughs) And because we gambled, we were in Vegas at this buffet. So Mm, that's true. You know, that's very true. We gambled, we won and took our winnings to the buffet and Mm -hmm. just took what worked. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, it's, it really bums me out when create because also with creatives we're not wired like a regular nine to fiver you know a regular nine to fiver wakes up okay with how life is they have no creative dream or outlet of like calling right um we all know these individuals just they go they're happy with their nine to five clocking in and clocking out not worrying about anything having their health insurance retirement mm-hmm. playing video games um going out for nights w- with the friends hanging out like those are the things that bring them joy and they're content and they're happy and there's no reason mm-hmm. to like de- uh, demean them or anything like they're they're happy they're content but for Absolutely. a creative that sounds like suffocating to me yes like I want to hang out with friends and stuff too, but having to clock in and clock out for something that I'm, my soul's not into, I'm not vested into, there's not a creative outlet. is just soul crushing. And when you think the types of individuals that indulge in self-help the most are the ones stuck in the middle who want to be, want to do a thing, build a business, do whatever, maybe they're creative, have a nine to five, but don't know how to get there. So they, they, you know, this is just one archetype that I'm describing, mm-hmm. but then they just consume self-help over and over, but they don't take any action and it just creates a sense of procrastination. Yeah. That, that is a really dangerous cycle to get into is when you think reading the self-help alone is going to get you, get you somewhere because it feels really good in the moment to be like, yeah, I'm doing something for myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then be like, okay, cool. Done with this book. Go go get ice cream instead of work on yep. this project. You know, it's. A, I don't know why I'm going with the food analogies right now. I guess I'm hungry. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, it's it's that sort of like using using the method that's supposed to get you somewhere and thinking it's going to get you somewhere by itself. Like mm-hmm. like reading isn't going to do every, everything for you. Like unless you're actually implementing what you're reading, it's not doing anything for you. Yeah, you don't have to read every book. And, no. you know, the past year of reading, I don't even know how many books I've read at this point. But I get to a point when I'm reading a book and I'm like, okay, am I going to actually implement? Have I have I gotten to the point where I'm going to implement anything or am I just reading theory at this point? And if I'm reading a book that's like a theory book, 
Mm-hmm. I just stopped reading it because I'm like, I don't have enough time to finish this book right now. Maybe later I'll come back to it and finish it. Or I just get rid of it. I'm like, you know what? This book just didn't serve me. And there's nothing like you don't have to finish that book, you know? Right. What you should be doing is finding like authors and books from people, again, you admire that maybe on social media, they say this like 10, the, they say in an interview what book they really liked recently or whatever. And you order the book, you read it and you're like, oh, I can implement these things or whatnot. That's mm-hmm. why. I watched a shit ton of TikToks and a lot of people were referring to certain books and I got most of those books because I was like, look, if the same people, if like these millionaires are all talking about these books, I'm going to go read these books to see what these millionaires are reading. And I'm glad I did because like they've opened my eyes to a lot of insight and things that and changing my way of thinking on certain things. But it wasn't, I'm not reading just for theory. I'm reading like, okay, these, okay, I read this book. These are five actionable things I can take from this book. Mm-hmm. And here another five. It's kind of like these people are like giving you 20 years of mentorship in a book, but you need to be very cautious of like, okay, yeah, this is not going to work for me. This will work for me. And actually executing and practicing. Like that's why I think creative calling is such an important book for any creative to read. Cause it really easily lays out how to create habits that actually stick to being creative in whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I wish I would have had a book like that years ago before it came out to kind of be like, oh, this is how you get better at something. It was like, okay, if I want to get better at this thing, but I'm only spending 10 hours a week on this thing, but I want to be the best, maybe I should figure out how to spend 30 hours or changing my schedule around. And it's like, that stuff is all stuff that I figured out on my own, right? Mm -hmm. There wasn't like a self-help book at that time to help me because I wasn't reading, but- Maybe if I was reading, there would have been something to help me, but I wasn't ready for any self-help books at that point. Cause I would have read them all and then not done anything. So for me, it was always about action. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're someone listening and you're a creative and you're like, well, I don't even know how to start get going. I cannot recommend listening to our creative callings podcast and our atomic habits podcast, and then buying those two books. Um, we'll have the podcast linked in the descriptions, wherever you're listening and we'll have affiliate links uh, for Amazon to both books that you can see in the description. And those, those are like every year you should read those again type books because yeah. they just refresh ideas, but they're all, it, they supply you with actionable stuff. It's like, you don't read this book passively. You're going to execute. Whereas other self-help books, I really hate how it's like theory and there's no actionable steps. It's like, you read the chapter and it's on to the next thing, onto the next thing. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, you're like, okay, I read this whole book, but there was no like homework. There was no PDF, no website to go print something else, like a tracker. It's just like a self-indulging bulk book for the author, basically. Yeah. Yeah. What What's your approach when you're deciding on a book to read and then when, while you're reading it, like what's your approach to – I guess grabbing the ideas and trying to implement them. Is there a direct like cause and effect? Like, I feel like I'm weak in this area. I'm going to get this book to try and shore that up. Or is it just recommended? Yeah. No. So I have this thing. If I'm reading a book that I really like, um, authors are usually pretty good at um, citing other books in their books, Mm -hmm. in their literature. Mm -hmm. So, 
I will write down those books that have been cited or go to the back of the book and write down every single book that they cited and figure out what categories they fit under. Some like if something's like an economics book, I'm not reading an economics book. Like <laughs> I I will fall asleep. I'll have to like get the audio version or and or I'll go find like a TED talk or something like that. Like mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I basically if I really like the author, I'm like, okay, if this author is bringing me this much value already in what I'm reading and they're citing this book, I'm just going to put this book to the side as something I may read in the future. I'm not 100% there. And then I'll kind of do homework and YouTube it and watch some, you know, interviews and keynotes about that author or find some podcasts and kind of listen to the author now to kind of get a vibe because authors tend to write how they speak. And if they speak really, really boringly, I already know I'm not going to like the book. Um, mm -hmm. It might be filled with a wealth of information, but I... It, Reading is knowledge and entertainment in my eyes, and I need to be entertained. Otherwise, I'm out. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I, I like I just can't. I'm probably robbing myself of information, but it, I my attention span is so important to me. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, when it comes to stuff like that, that's one way I figure out. Um, I still pay attention a lot to like YouTubers and. Uh, Twitter th threads, mm -hmm. TikTok, man, TikTok is just insane for when it comes to book. I know a lot of people are like, oh, that's the kids dancing app. It's like, man, it's so much more. You just open up your horizons. That app is, it's, I mean, every social media platform has a uh, potential to be trash as much as treasure. That one to me, I've been on the lucky enough that it's always been more treasure than trash. And yeah, I just, the more and more, I mean, now it's like, I kind of know the authors and the style of books I like to read. And now I'm, it's like, I'm so much deeper into the funnel of where I'm at that it's like, I almost wait for the people that I respect or the authors I respect to either write a new book and or someone, they refer something and then I'll go get that book. Like I've, I'm pretty happy with the collection that I've accumulated when it comes to like business and marketing. Um, I have some that are really hard to find too that, you know, sometimes in life you look for things at the right time and you get them for really cheap. <laughs> and I have a couple books where I'm like, yeah, man, I don't know how I got this one for so cheap, but you know, I'm, I'm stoked. But how, how do you gauge books? Uh, typically I look for, uh, for, for a hole to fill. It's, uh, mm. you know, and, and, and like, I try to figure out like, okay, what's, what's my weakness. Okay. Like if I want to figure out financial, stuff like okay i'm gonna mm -hmm. i'm gonna look up some of the the top rated like books you know uh i could teach you to be rich by ramit sethi i think his name is um mm -hmm. rich dad poor dad by kiyosaki i think his name is mm -hmm. um and and just kind of trying to figure out what's best in that category in order to educate myself and i, I will pick out multiple books because i like getting more than one perspective on, yeah. on issues like that i think that's a big thing going back to our idea of like the buffet thing where it's like this person might have great ideas you know he may have like one to three great ideas this other person may have one right but it's still a good idea i'll, I'll, I'll toss everything else out because it doesn't work for my system but i'll at least have I'll, I'll at least take that one idea and if i can get mm -hmm. one good idea that helps like you know going going along with like the the, the finance books like if that, if there's if that one idea saves me at least the cost of the book then it was a good idea right yeah so gen yeah. generally it's it's mainly 
Like, I feel like I'm lacking in this area. Let me go look for books that are going to, that are going to help shore this up. Because the thing is like, when it comes to your creative journey, you are typically not the first person who's ever thought of what you're trying to do. So, yeah. and more often than not, somebody else has written a book about it or made a blog about it or posted about it. And it's your job to like root that out and research for yourself. Yeah. There's nothing more frustrating than when like, I've read three books. And I'm like, these are all the same book. Like, <laughs> it, it's so annoying. Yeah. But you know, it's, um, it's just so dangerous with self-help and stuff like that. And kind of going back on like the void, I will say that I think I do this. I definitely do the same thing. Like I, I pick books with gaps, but also out of interest. So like right mm. now I'm in a very, uh, systems mode, meaning I, I, I only want to read books from authors who have one or more multi-million dollar businesses mm. that talk about systems mm -hmm. because I want to be at a, at a multi-million dollar business running level. I'm not going to read a book from with like 200 reviews from like someone who like no offense to anyone uh, i don't mean any offense by the statement but like you have an etsy shop that only brings in like 100k a year yes that's success but that's not where i want to be mm -hmm. i want to build like a multi-million dollar media network and companies and things like that so i want to read books from authors who own businesses that are much more lucrative than mine if not more complex and see what nuggets I can get from when it comes to managing like personalities, systems. Um, that is where I'm at right now because I'm like, if, if I want to build something amazing for me and Steven on this podcast and then me at uh, my company, my other company, Plugin Alley, I want to build environments that like I want to work in. I don't just want to work in Monday through Friday, nine to five, because mm -hmm. like I built this business to want to work. I'm like, no, 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 I'm the boss. I'm the owner. What do I want to work? And luckily, Stevens like me, we're like, what is like the coolest schedule we can make that when people come work with us, they're like, yo, this place is like super fun to work at. I only work like I get paid a full salary, but I only work two weeks every single month. And, th you know, things like that, where it's like, yeah, we get our shit done. We're paying you for your talent, not based on your how much work you get done per the hour, basically. Mm -hmm. Like the amount, I think the biggest thing that screws creatives over is like, People's base, it, they base so much of the paycheck based on like how the, how many hours you're putting into the work instead of what is the output? What is mm -hmm. the end output? Mm -hmm. It's like, if your output is fantastic and you only need to work two hours a week, three hours, I mean, two hours a month or whatever it may be. Awesome. Like you've, you're talented. You've earned that. Right. So right now that's like, that's the hole, I guess I'm trying to fill. Like you were saying, um, and it's been it, before in the past, if I would have read books like that, I've been so bored because I'm like, I'm not trying to do that right now. Like this book doesn't serve me. But right now, because I'm in that mode, I'm like, oh, no, like, OK, cool. I like this strategy. I'm keeping this. I'm keeping this. Oh, I like this mindset. Like I want to build this into the mission of both companies and things like that were instilling these principles so that as we move forward, it, you know, the they grow in the way I'm like, I'm happy. And I, mm -hmm. I feel that people who come work for us will be like, I like working here because they've, they already built in a culture that is like, so 
liberating and allows me to go be a creative because I don't want people to come work for us and kind of be like how we were where our creativity was like cut at like our necks were snapped when it came to creativity it was like no more creativity just do this I I I am so aware of that pain I do I want to build an environment where it's like one like when we interview people I want us to be like so like what is your thing you want to do creatively and they're like well I don't know I we're I don't want to hire that person because I want a creative person to use us as a launch pad, like learn systems from us, get as much as they can. And they'll hopefully, you know, no, the hopefully they'll have enough hours in the month to still do their thing, mm -hmm. but we're paying them for their talent, not for the amount of hours they're putting in, but they're so talented. It's like, yeah, you're so talented. You can work two weeks a month and like, we're still running like somebody, another company that's working nine to five Monday through Monday through Friday all month long. It's like we're building these systems in place. So that's what I've been really uh, focused on is how do we how do we get there? And luckily through podcasts and things like that, I've accumulated a good amount of books. I'm like, okay, cool. We're gonna we're gonna build a cool system. So yeah, I but it's not like self-help and I stop. It's like self-help. I'm like picking up exactly what I need to pick up and what am I learning, what am I not learning, what should I bring in, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and then next year we'll be talking about some of these books because as I go through them, I'll be like, Stephen, read this book, read that book, so we're on the same page." And I don't know about you, but I, this is kind of getting a little off topic. I I really want to build into the culture in the future. It's like, okay, orientation. You have? To, do you have these books? Have you ever read them? No. Okay, cool. You're during your orientation. We're going to buy you these books. We need you to read these books too, so you're aligned with our how we think about things. Like you're on the same page as us. It's not us describing. It's like you've read the, you read this book. You read this book. Then we walk you through these videos, orientation. But you're on the same page as us. Like I'm, yeah. I want to instill that in the culture of both companies. Yeah, I'm, I'm on board with that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I would definitely want to be working with somebody who's creative, who's excited to be there and looking to do more as well. You know, because I think that ultimately, like, uh, uh, and this is kind of getting off topic from the general uh, podcast episode, but I think that when you when you have, when you're trying to employ somebody who's a creative and you're trying to keep them there and stifle them and not allow them to grow beyond what you're capable of, that is doing that person a, a real disservice. Yeah, I, unless they want to stay. Yeah, if that's if that's the way they want to go, yeah. then that's totally fine. Yeah, or they're like, yeah, hey, I want to stay here and do my other thing part time. It's like, okay, cool, like. You know, I view what we're doing as a resource to help other creatives in every facet. Is this our business? Yes, of course it is. Mm -hmm. But I'm not naive enough to imagine that anyone is going to love this baby more than we have to love our own child and raise our own child. Mm -hmm. And I'm very aware and cognizant of that because I've worked for people who are not aware or cognizant of that. And it's frustrating when it's like, why do I have to give a shit about your kid, man? Like you chose to have this kid, not me. Why am I putting more hours into babysitting? Like it's Friday night. I want to be watching, you know, some, some star Wars on Disney plus not, mm -hmm. you know, clean throw up that your baby threw on me, but <laughs> it's, uh, I think the moral of the story is like with self-help, mm -hmm. you know, you're listening to us talking about these actionable things we want to do. Don't let self-help, don't get drowned in self-help in the sense of like, if you don't follow the framework hundred percent or you don't believe hundred percent of everything that you're reading, that's okay. Take just the golden nuggets of what do resonate with you and what will help you. And if you don't know what will or won't just 
that make notes, highlight things in the book and be like, okay, maybe I'll come back to that. But don't let self-help books as a creative or individual stop you from actually gaining momentum and changing and doing mm-hmm. something. Because again, the nine to fiver, someone that also wants to be creative, but doesn't know what to do. So they indulge in self-help. So many just stay stuck because they're like, well, I read this book and it said to wake up at 5 a.m. But the thing is, like, I can't wake up at 5 a.m. because of this, this, and this. And then I have to be at work at 9. Then I have to make dinner. And it's like, I can't follow this framework because of all these things that happen. So they just stop. Mm-hmm. Deer in a headlight, right? And it's like, yeah, that framework worked for them. And what they should have said is, this is what worked for me. It may not work for you. But take this with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. Just apply what you can. And... You know, if nothing in this book works for you, I apologize. Um, send it back to me and I'll refund you. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I w- I, there's so many books I've on where I'm like, man, I wish I'd get a refund on this. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But yeah, that's all I got to say on this one. You want to add anything else? Um, I think that's pretty much it. I think that's that's a good place to wrap things up. The cautionary tale of self-help and procrastination. It's uh it's it's a, it's murky waters to 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 Ford, but I think it's it's well worth it if you know how to discern the good from the bad and be able to implement it into your own system. So yeah, yeah, I think that's that's a good place to wrap up. So if you found this episode helpful, please share it with somebody you know who would also find value in this episode. If you'd like to continue this discussion with John and I, you can find a link to our show's Discord server in the description of this episode, wherever you are listening. And if you want even more motivation to help your creative goal come to life, we have started our Ramp Up newsletter. If you'd like to sign up, you can find a link in the description of this episode, wherever you're listening. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, remember, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Later. Later. <laughs>